You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination. So, what are you drinking? You drinking something? Or are you just... LaCroix. You growing... Uh, you a going berry st- LaCroix. Yeah. Are you going straight edge? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I think it's yeah. straight edge weekend or something. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. No, I didn't do that. I saw some things posted. I don't know what it means. Probably kids are listening to this and just laughing at how old I sound. Yeah. I don't no, really I didn't know. do the straight edge weekend. I might have if I... Yeah. If I'd heard of it, I don't sure. know, maybe. Yeah, who knows? I mean, why not? It doesn't seem like that I've, much of a change. Let me tell you. Yeah. I've been drinking some White Claws, bro. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about I'll it. I, Let's talk about that. I like them. Okay. I mean, they are good, just objectively. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. There's no way around it. They are. They do taste good in the same they way that good. like mm-hmm. having a soda pop tastes good. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What's the flavor? What flavor are you going with? Uh, so far, my favorite has been. I've, I get the little variety packs because I'm like, I don't know. Sure. I don't know what I like. Yeah, that's I'm, good I'm call. on my second second variety pack right now. Yeah. And my favorite is the um, Raz Raspberry. Okay. Yeah. Ras Raspberry. Raspberry. Uh, yeah. I feel like good. there. I feel like there was a time that I could have told you what my favorite was, but that time has passed. And I don't remember. Uh, there's oh, lemon, it is, it's natural black, lime. I was just reminded it's black cherry. Black cherry. Yes. It's good. Black yeah. cherry's I good. also enjoy black cherry. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's a thing like I've been like, not that like white, white, they're like a hundred calories a can. Yeah. So they're like yeah, yeah. not. They're not crazy. Good for you. Right. But they're not. But they're not crazy. Yeah. Exactly. There are beers that are like 300 calories, you know. Yeah. So. So I'm, and I've, I'm on like day 29 of like just dieting and not stuffing myself sure you know full of everything i could find yeah for, yeah for tickles uh-huh and i'm like well you know maybe if i like do some white claw and because it's like if you sit down to watch a movie and you're mm-hmm. drinking like a sparkling water it's or a white white claw even though they're like they don't taste a ton different they do taste different sure white claw does taste more like alcohol but it does it's like drinking a like it's like there's something just relaxing about like having your that you're, you know, your your alcoholic drink for a movie versus yeah. just like a Lacroix or something. No, I agree. It's it's a ritual thing, and it's, it feels ri- yeah, it's yeah. ritualistic. It's yeah. ritualistic. Yeah, it's strange. It's like when we do this, it's kind of the same thing. Like yeah, when we do this, I want some some sort of beverage because it feels totally. like a, I don't know, it feels like a nighttime activity, and those two yeah. things kind of you know, I don't know, it's ritual. It's probably dumb. It's probably not good for my uh, health or well being, but here we are. Um, no. Poor. It's very poor. It's very poor. Welcome, everybody. This is the Common Creatives Podcast. My name is Will. I'm the doctor. I won't even make Joe do it. He's the maestro. He's the other guy. Um, Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, second episode of season two. We are back. We're off to a strong start. Let me just tell you. Um, And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this at the beginning of the episode because why not? It worked out for us uh, toward the end of the season last time, which is we're a dual production of Rock Candy Recordings and Destination Nation Network. Uh, so check that out. Reach out to us if you want us to talk about anything. 
if you can think of something having to do with culture or creativity or the processes around those types of things, reach out. Let us know. We might do it. Who knows? Never know. So is is okay. Question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Question from one academic to another. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. I'm the furthest from an. Ac- I, I dropped out twice. That doesn't okay? mean anything. That doesn't mean it anything. does. School hard it, knocks, bro. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. Yeah. I grew up. I, growing up, I would have said processes. Yeah. Is yeah. that just completely incorrect? No. Or no, no, no. I or just, is it? Yeah. It's just another way of. Did I just say processes? Is that what? Hap- yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And no. Yeah, I, Tiff. Tiff. That. That's her language too. Oh, really? Like. Yeah. She wouldn't say processes. No, I just decided to throw a little stink on it. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it, there's. I, it's not one of those is wrong and one of them's right. I think it's just preference. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I was. Yeah. I, honestly, it just. I didn't know. Yeah, like, it also depends on. Yeah, I think it also depends on the context. So, like, if you're talking about uh, things that are more academic, it might just sound better to say processes in a given yeah. context. But if you're talking about like, there are multiple processes that go into blah 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like it also depends on like the cadence of your language. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. No, it does. Okay. I, see, I would just feel like weird. Yeah. Like you wouldn't and, know. like. Out like uh, like a fish out of yeah. water saying it, sure. Probably the scientific or academic way. You'd be like, uh, it, just like an imposter. You'd like, be worried if you said, uh, "I have no business saying that." <laughs> that's not you true. Know? That's not true. There are no <laughs> academics. It, it, there are only people who pretend to be. That's the only. Yeah. There's no one that is really that. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Let's let's just let's just dive in because it's gonna okay. get weird. So so let's do growing it. Growing up, yeah. You and I grew up in the same small little town in kentucky yeah did you have any friends that said re-racer <laughs> or re-eraser i don't remember that for it's real? certainly possible that was that doesn't stick out to me really to me and yeah. like first grade okay yeah it's a re-racer no because it oh. re-races yeah because it was raced before and then you yeah, wrote it down and then it re-raced it yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't know why, but I've I've been thinking about that since our <clears throat> episode is uh Reracer Head. Reracer Head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think I'm sure good... I'm sure if if there is anybody out there listening who has that experience of that kid yeah. or that group of kids that said Reracer. Yeah. Um in like first or second grade, please please here's, say something. Here's the thing. We never we we say, hey, if you want us to talk about something, reach out, let us know. But we never say, please make sure that you contact us. <laughs> yeah, And that's what we're going to say with this one. If you know people who said re-racer in first or second grade, <laughs> or anyway, anywhere up through high school, it's fine. But yeah, let us know about that. Um, yeah. So we're, we're talking, talking about a racer head today. Yeah, David Lynch's uh, debut feature film. Debut feature film. Um, I had seen this film... Probably, I don't think I had watched it before this year, honestly. I'd seen some David Lynch movies, yeah. but I had never watched Eraserhead until this year. And then I rewatched it uh, yesterday and today. I split it into two pieces and rewatched it to do this. Um, yeah. It, it, what, what's, your, what's your history with this, with this film? I've seen bits and pieces <clears throat> of Eraserhead for a long time. Oh, okay. The, the imagery of Henry yeah. has yes. been with me for quite some time. Yes. But I had never just watched the movie. Yeah. 
if that makes sense. It does. I've, I even knew roughly what s- some people say it's about. You oh, know, it's interesting. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's the, the weird, grotesque movie about fatherhood. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, kind of is that, but is but. But is is it? it? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> we'll dive into that. I think the the poster for or the sort of title card shot of Henry with his hair with the yeah. whatever it is, sort of sawdusty, glittery, whatever behind mm-hmm. him. I think that is so iconic that even people who have no idea who David Lynch is, who have sure. no idea about Eraserhead, you've seen that, right? I mean that yeah. that has made its way into the cultural landscape for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I had seen that for a long time before I ever actually watched the film. Um, and it wasn't what I thought it would be, honestly. Um, yeah. So it, it was made in 1977. It's Mm -hmm. a black and white film. Uh, you mentioned that it was David Lynch's debut feature. He wrote it, he directed it and he produced it. So he's all over this. Um, he did more than that. Did he? He he composed the music. Wow. Uh, I want to say he was heavily involved in like the art department. Like it was just like his baby. Yeah. He, He just did, you know did everything and and i don't have this in front of me i should i should have looked it up but i've read it before this took years to make right yeah like mm-hmm. it was in production for years which is very uncommon for people who yeah. don't make movies right well i i googled the budget yeah. just out of curiosity yeah and it said like ten thousand dollars okay which God. is um wild yeah um yeah which would make sense as to why he did so much on it himself sure um, but if you watch this movie, like regardless of how you feel about it, and uh-huh. thinking about this movie was shot on film in 1977, yeah, $10,000 seems like the opening scene, yes. right? Yeah, it does, um, yeah. Yeah. That strange opening scene of the man on the planet. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so... It, it, well, yeah. Night, you know, now you can, you can shoot, you could shoot this whole movie, uh, you know, minus the production design on an iPhone in black and white for nothing. True. But it, 1977, you know, that wasn't... Yeah. This was a different time. And I think you have to watch this movie um, to really, like... I mean, this this probably not true, but for me, yeah. watching this movie through the lens of 1977 mm. plays so much differently than just thinking about it as any movie. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I hadn't I sort of hadn't thought about it in that way. I had thought about the fact that like the art direction holds up so well in part because nothing is time stamped. Um, yeah. You know, like maybe the woman across the hall, her feathery hair is a little bit seventies, but yeah. like it's it's not clearly a seventies movie. Um, yeah. Well, it's 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 not a. <laughs> not necessarily an american yeah. movie yeah. or uh you yeah. know it's it's a it's that uh <coughs> surreal like yeah. this type of place doesn't exist but yeah. but you could definitely tell almost in almost every scene i at least i could tell like mm. oh this is how he feels about certain things that he sees yeah this isn't what he sees this is the feeling that he feels about his observations if yeah. that makes sense. Yes, it does. And so that's that's one of the first notes that I have, right, is that, you know, this movie is I think regardless we can talk about what it's about and what it means and all this stuff, but regardless of any of that stuff, um it is a surrealist piece. It's I would argue borderline impressionist. Um and it's just full of like absurdity and non sequitur and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's things don't make sense. They don't line up. It's a, you know, kind of a fever dream. Um, yeah. And it's, but, yeah. 
you know, at the same time, yeah. he's also put this these crazy elements into such like a grounded, familiar trope of a story. Yeah. Um, with the guy gets his girlfriend pregnant. Yeah. He goes to meet their parents. Yep. The dad makes small talk, asks him to, you know, cut yeah. carve the turkey. The mother's like, You you know, you you know you're gonna marry my daughter. The daughter uh-huh. is always crying. Oh god. Always crying. Yes. Everything is like familiar in a way that's yeah. Dialed up to absurd. Yes. So it's not just nonsensical. No, it's like it's not just one a, shot after another. There is a yeah. narrative thread that goes through it. Um, but at the same time, the narrative thread is often undermined or yeah. or yeah. taken on a weird tangent um, and this kind of thing. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like That's the thing. I can tell you, and someone who's seen this could tell you, generally the plot beats of this movie. Yeah. Um, but the thing is they're communicated in such a strange and absurdist way that that's part of what makes it so yeah sort of fascinating and um i think makes makes it have the shelf life that it's had totally um yeah so let's see what else oh uh, as long as we're talking about sort of it's it's uh history as a film it's made in 1977 um and it goes on to the midnight theater circuit for a long time um, mm-hmm. And I don't have the uh, I don't have the specific years in front of me, but it's it's apparently uh, I want to say it like didn't have a huge following at the beginning, ex- aside from like the midnight circuit. Like it sort of had to just work for potentially years playing mm-hmm. midnight movie theaters and stuff like that um, before it kind of broke through. Um, and I oh, actually that, that would I mean that would track. Yeah, I actually yeah. found a um, it's pretty cool. I found a, a New York Times review movie review from 1980 um and the only you know how a lot of those things they've like translated them just into like regular text you know if you go to the new york times now you can just it's just text typed on a you know white background or whatever this one is old enough to where all they had was an actual physical scan of the 1980 paper which was pretty cool but it was a review and it was a negative review and i wanted to make sure that we talked about at least sure one negative review because we'll probably i at least will praise this movie so much um Uh, the New York Times in 1980, whoever it was that was writing about it, said it was a murkily pretentious shocker. That's a quote. And then <laughs> sure. the other quote is, it runs for close to two hours, but because of its excruciatingly slow pace and the underlighting of all its scenes, it seems to be at least twice that long. <laughs> so, yeah. Sure. Um, and those things track. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, um, sure, absolutely. But So that's what New York Times said in 1980, yeah. uh, which I think is, uh, as I said, all that stuff tracks. And yeah. it, you can understand it. And this movie is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, just like David yeah. Lynch in general. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Other other thoughts uh, from there? Uh, yeah, yeah. So speaking of the speaking of the negative re- negative review, yeah. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. But okay, there are certain elements to the movie that I think probably make it possibly great. Uh huh. That also uh just drive me bonkers interesting okay so and watching this there are a few a few reasons that i was thinking like i bet will will is just going to eat this up one of the reasons <laughs> is there's there is yeah. an asm a, asmr Ooh, okay uh thing happening with this movie yeah um and and i get this a lot with certain types of sound design yeah so 
by trade, I'm a sound designer. I make sounds for movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of experience with this. And there are different ways to go about it. So one thing that is so interesting about this movie and thinking about it, like a lot of people ask, well, what's the difference between Foley and a Foley artist and a sound effects artist? Yeah. This movie is a masterclass. Watch this movie. Yeah. You're not going to hear Foley. You're going to hear sound effects. Wow. Yeah. So any kind of Foley-ish sounds you hear Uh normally um, are like uh, what they could record what they recorded yeah. and there, like there are certain things like when she's mixing the food that's obviously sound effects yes. um, and it's so gross and, yes. and i think that's the point and they do that a few um, times or he does that a few times yeah. yeah but he relies so heavily on the uh the ambience yes. in the room yes that um even if there were like foley footsteps or cloth or movement of the you, you wouldn't hear it uh-huh. so he just said to hell with it. I don't need footsteps. Yeah. So as Henry's walking on these, you know, you just can't, all it is is, yes. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. And I I think that, that contributes heavily to why, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that in terms of ASMR. I didn't find any sort of ASMR response to this, to this movie. I mean, because there's nothing relaxing about it, you know? Um, but you're absolutely right that I ate it up. Um, yeah. I think the use of droning like that and also the absence... I didn't even notice the absence of Foley work, yeah. to be honest. I noticed the sound design, um, yeah. but well, I, I'm, I hadn't I, thought about it like that. I, I don't know if I would have thought about it, but I am yeah. trained of course. to... My brain yeah. just says, I wonder how they did it. Yeah. I wonder how they did it. I wonder how natural this sounds... Because I'm always thinking, yeah. is the work I'm doing just feeling like it's happening on the yeah. day, or does yeah. it sound like I'm adding this thing? Well, and, you know... Yeah, and that's and that's interesting. That, I mean, that way of framing the goal of working fully on a film to say essentially what you're trying to do and probably what most professionals are trying to do is mm-hmm. to be invisible, right? You don't yeah. want anyone to notice that you've put any sounds in there. You want it and to just the reason, feel like yes. it's what's going on. Because the reason being, if you put a mic on the camera and yeah. just pick up what's happening... Yeah. It's not going to feel like you're there. Yeah. Right? It feels like you're watching something being recorded on a camera. Yes. So what our job is, is to like, what does it sound like when you're in the room? Like, put your face past the screen and what does that sound like? Yes. And, you know, that's what we're trying to do. And in that sense, if we do a good job, you don't even notice. You just feel it. Yeah. And, just and, like you experience anything and, else. And that's part of what makes films, at least some types of films, uh, immersive. That's what mm-hmm. that's sort of what makes you forget that you're just watching a movie and you're yeah. not paying attention to any of your sort of peripheral visual field. You're only yeah. locked in on what's happening on the screen. It's like you're there. Um, sure. And so, but I do think that with Eraserhead, uh, one thing that's really interesting about that is the notion that the absence of the footsteps and the presence of this constant droning um, mm-hmm. That does a couple things. Aesthetically, I think it makes it, it communicates Lynch's sort of, this is a yes. dream type thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then number two, it also builds the world, even from within the sort of bad dream yeah. of this movie. It builds the world into this sort of, it, it highlights the sort of hyper real nature yeah. of things. No, it does. Yeah. And I, I think it, it plays really well. And I, it, like I said, it's, it's odd to say that it drove me nuts, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed the thing yeah, yeah. that, irked me it drove you nuts as a um, professional but it but you yeah. enjoyed it as a well, viewer it, kind of thing. It, yeah and, and there are certain sounds that are uh, like what was i watching yesterday i was watching a movie last night mm-hmm. 
and I think it was the the invitation. I don't know if you saw. It, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. it was just the simple uh, sound of someone pouring a liquid into a, a cup, uh-huh. and it felt so like prickly and and yeah. just just you know the just the just that feeling of like someone's mouth just being too wet to where yeah. like there are certain sounds in movies that just trigger me in a way. Yeah. And this movie was just constantly hitting that note. Um, and not just not just the the um the squishy sounds or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. was mostly the squishy sure. sounds, but like, yeah. you know, cuz all the other sound effects were so like broad stroke and and I and I enjoyed that aesthetic, but at the same time it made me think I feel like if he had a bigger budget, he would have had Foley. Oh, so interesting. I th- yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in 1977, you you know you you've got, you know, audio tape rolling. You've got yes. film rolling, and you yeah. have certain ways you can sync things up together and record them. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. he's probably it's probably just <clears throat> utter limitation with what he can do with sound. Yeah. But I think that that's also kind of, you know. So a, a lesser director would have tried hard to like do what everyone else was doing and failed. Whereas David Lynch is thinking, well, this is, here are my limitations. What can I do with it? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. um, in itself became like this, this very specific flavor for the whole movie yeah. sonically. Yeah. Um, for that sure. I really enjoyed and also d- didn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and this it's, is one of those, hard. this is one of those movies that's, uh, um, uh, sometimes I love these and sometimes I hate them. In this case, I loved it. But this is yeah. one of those movies that if you, you're not, even if you love it, you're not going to walk away feeling good. Like the, the point yeah. of this movie is not to make you feel good in any way. Yeah. Right? Sort, yes of. And sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it plays on so many like very like in a real world, like yeah. a father killing his child is, yes. is, is hor- horrific. Horrific, yeah. But in this world, it's, it's yeah. more just like, how does having a kid that just whenever you have a baby yeah. in the house what how do you feel yeah, yeah and what yeah, does yeah. that look like in a in a surreal world yeah like that's not horrific it's no. it's it's just a feeling it's a feeling you know I mean? and it's yeah 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 he's being impressionist like he yeah. is communicating yeah. emotion first and yeah. he's using all the other elements of story and visuals yeah. and sound to push emotion um, yeah, and 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 yeah. as unsettling as a lot of it was, yeah. I was also found myself laughing out loud yeah. while watching it. It's funny in parts. It's yeah, funny. It is. And yeah. and because of that, if it if this movie didn't have any of that, yeah. I probably would would have left thinking, Ugh. well, but instead I I thought, yeah. huh, you know, and like, and also I think that the humor it doesn't come. It's not bump bump type humor, but no. it's it's the type of thing like the one of the examples of laughing that I can think of is when they're in the at the uh, family dinner scene and the yeah. dad is just smiling just without breaking, like he's just yeah. smiling so hard at Henry even while the daughter is looking out of the kitchen door and crying, and the dad <laughs> yeah. just continues to smile. It's unsettling and it's almost like one of those things where your laughter is a response to being unsettled in a type of way. Yeah, um, and it, it strikes that note really good and some of it is sort of more traditionally funny but i think yeah. even those where it's like i'm just uncomfortable and so i'm gonna yeah. laugh um i think that's very yeah. effective you know and at the same time like as absurd as it is yeah. like going to meet a, a, a new girlfriend's father and he's just yeah. trying so hard yeah. to just be like normal yeah. right like to like because he's like you know 
I've got a daughter and a wife, and they're probably always <laughs> fighting. And like, this is a new, yeah. uh, a potential son-in-law coming into yeah. the house. So like, what what's what's okay and what's not? Yeah. And like, I'm just gonna try and hold this all together with a smile. Yeah. From a character perspective, like, it's very grounded. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's why it works so well for me. Is yeah. that it? It it it's. <laughs> If it was just absurdity, it wouldn't work. No. And, right? And that's one of the things that Lynch, and, and I want to make sure to focus on Eraserhead primarily, but like that's one of the things that I think Lynch is good at all the way through, whether you love him or hate him, is he yeah. finds this balance between it's clear what this means and you have no idea what this means kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so he lets you play in that space of like, I mm-hmm. think I kind of know what he's getting at, but like it's not clear. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just just a, a a little bit of insight into David Lynch getting into film. Yeah. So David Lynch uh, is a visual artist mm-hmm. first and foremost yes. in different mediums, painting, sculpture, anything like that. Right. It's yeah. uh, photography. Like any, uh, he he's just an artist. He just makes artist, yeah. things. Mm-hmm. He's a visual artist. Um, did you watch his his uh, YouTube channel? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, a little bit, not a ton. I watched. Yeah. How I you just, just watch it every morning. Yeah. This morning he it, said. I saw it this morning. Yeah. Yeah. He we just sat in silence just together sat. for a little just while, and then eventually he okay. said, "It's gonna get around <laughs> sixty <laughs> And it's just part of it is part of it. So it's, for those who haven't seen it, he has a YouTube channel. How would you describe it, Joe? Because you've watched a lot more than it, I have. Yeah. It's so he he it it just feels <laughs> like a mixture of satire and being so genuine that it hurts. Yeah. So like he he gives a weather forecast every yeah. morning. Yeah, it's almost on a script to where it's like, mm. is this you know, this? It just seems like a very simple, yeah. <laughs> like kind of person that just says the same thing every morning. Does he wear and the same thing in every one? Of same those? thing okay. in every one. Yeah, that's yes. what I thought. He has two different videos. He does two a two a day. The yeah. first one is the weather forecast. Yeah, tells says the weather. He always looks over his left shoulder. In L.A. right now, <laughs> it's. Uh, cloudy, very still, um, should get around, uh, 70 degrees and, uh, look, looks like we're going to see blue skies and golden oh, sunshine. Oh my God. Can you please do the rest of the episode as yeah. David Lynch? That's and very then, good. At, at the end of every video, he says, "It's very good. And have a great day. And he kind of salutes the camera every time. Every time. I love, if he didn't do oh it, I would start to, I, I would feel like, yeah. is David okay? Is he okay? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm, I'm actually like worried about mi- the day I miss a weather forecast because yeah. I'm like, oh no, it's the, it's the end of, it's the beginning of the end. Does he post it early enough that you can like check in the morning? Cause he's it, he, about 11. About 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eastern. God. Um, that's and amazing. then, and then in the middle of the day, uh, it's his his pick a number video, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which it's a yeah. <laughs> it's a jar of balls yeah. with numbers printed on them. Yeah, same script every day. One day he couldn't find his hat that he wears, and he said, okay. "I couldn't find my hat, but we're you know going yeah. on anyway." Oh my God. And then he's like, he's like, "Now it's time for today's number." Mm-hmm. He he says, ten balls, each ball a number." Oh my God. Swirl the numbers. Pick a number. Yeah. Today's number is two. And then it's over. (laughs) Every day. And there's a group on Reddit that was just waiting for number seven. Yeah. And it happened. (laughs) And it was like joyous. Yeah, he picked number seven today. Um, So 
it's it's like his i think it's like the the david lynch theater or something yeah. like that on yeah, youtube yeah. like it's you his his movies represent him in such a way that like once you like really get into david lynch yeah. it's like it's just a thing that's spread out over an entire body of work yeah. to where like I don't know that you could just watch that YouTube channel and say, I love this. Yeah. And I don't know that you could just, just watch Eraserhead and just say, this is great without kind of understanding yeah. Yeah. David Lynch a little bit and the rest of his work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, maybe that's why it took a while to get kind of off, uh, you know, on its feet. Yeah. But it's like, is this mix of like, is he like, I, I, sh- I, I, whenever I have a favorite weather forecast, I, I show it to Tiff and yeah. she's like, so is is he trying to be funny or and I'm like yeah yes and no yeah. no, no no who doesn't matter <laughs> you have to learn to not ask those questions right yeah, about exactly. David Lynch yeah. uh, or or it's not even that um, and this kind of brings me to where I'm gonna go later but the the notion is that him making you want to ask that question is itself the point right. The yes. fact that you want to go, is he joking? Is he being yeah. serious? What does this mean? Yeah. So, That's David yeah, Lynch. I guess um, I got off track with the, the YouTube channel, but so he started as a <coughs> visual Waylon buddy. He wants my attention so bad. He started as a visual visual artist. Yeah. A visual whatever you call a visual media visual artist. Visual right? artist. Is that, yeah. is that the correct term? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I Who think knows? so. Yeah. Um, People know what you mean. And he was try always kind of pushing the boundaries, pushing the limits of kind of what he could achieve, and then he yeah. decided to do this uh, kind of mixed medium painting, yeah. where he painted this large canvas, and then there was a projector on it with moving images over the painting, yeah. and then that struck like, oh, yeah. I could make a movie, yeah. like it's like, it was just this epiphany he had, yeah. Um, and if if you ever want to check out like his masterclass on masterclass.com mm-hmm. it's uh basically him just talking about catching ideas mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just it's wonderful yeah uh, um, there was a speaking of his visual art there was actually um a short video that you can watch on youtube i don't know if you've seen it but i saw it described as a companion piece to Eraserhead, um which oh, is okay. it's only about four minutes long and it's repetitive but it's called six figures getting sick six times or something, and yeah, it's 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 various paintings that I assume he's done, and it's six little heads, and it's just this kind of loop that goes around six times over four minutes, and it's the six little heads, and then there's like hearts and stuff, and then at the end of the loop, they all sort of throw up in a way, like he does this sort of splash thing with paint. Yeah. Um, it's not gross or anything, but it's just you know running paints that look uh, unlike Eraserhead, which is very gross. Which is very gross, yeah. But yeah. Um, but he does this thing, and then in the background is just a siren noise, like an ongoing, like a yeah. like a Fallout, you know, siren type thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's I saw it described as a companion piece and i don't know exactly um the the sort of timeline or whatever mm-hmm. uh, i don't know how it how it compares but it's certainly the same sort of feeling and vibe yeah um but uh-huh. yeah it's worth so, checking out you know kind of kind of starting from that from that place mm-hmm. it's it, it, he's not starting from a place of kind of watching other narratives yeah. and wanting to get into that world it's more of yeah making something and then that thing makes you feel a certain way mm-hmm. because of what you've seen <laughs> It strikes, uh, it strikes some sort of emotion or, 
or maybe triggers like th- that kind of grotesque, whatever, whatever yeah. that feeling is. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think what he's chasing yes. with, especially with the racer head. Right? It's yeah. like I think moment to moment. I do think there is like a. Uh, uh, I think the reason it works, mm-hmm. um, especially critically, is that like I said earlier, it does play like. There is like a, a, a narrative through line, and there are like mm-hmm. you could you could imagine the version of this story that's not a surreal fever dream, mm-hmm. yeah, um, for the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's using different moments and different images and different scenes to evoke a certain feeling that that maybe the things that he's writing about makes him feel. Mm-hmm. Um, for example. Uh, the sperm creatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These little gross, mm-hmm. like squiggly, wormy things that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like if you were to ask David Lynch what that means, he would say no. No. It, it, that he's famous for saying no. Yeah. No, like that's not what, that's not what this is. Yeah. And part of me feels that like he doesn't think a lot of it means mm-hmm. anything in the sense of like... Yeah. Um an overall thing, no. but I do think that moments are there for a reason to strike a certain feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um so you've got this 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 woman with these gross-looking kind of cheeks dancing in like a radiator or something. <laughs> yeah, she's in the radiator. And, yeah. And she's just stomping these little yeah. sperm creatures and it's the same and, it's the same type of sperm creature that we saw come out of henry's mouth at the beginning of the film right yes yeah mm-hmm. and then you you know it's this and it, you know you've got this 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 gross looking man like up in this like tower or something pulling levers dropping sperm creatures into the world yeah and you know you could try and find a through line of like oh so it's like this is life this is yeah. this for me when i'm watching it if i if i had anything to say about what does a racer head mean mm-hmm. for me it means look how grotesque human life is yes like mm-hmm. moment to moment everything that we are and that we do yes. and that we experience is just gross yes and and, and and, and horrific so in a way. I, I have to I have to jump in with this comment at this point because I, I have it in my notes and I don't want to okay. let the moment pass. This movie is um, I, mean, I won't spend much time talking about this guy, but this movie is the best representation that I've seen on film of what it's like to read Thomas Ligotti, my favorite horror author. Um, uh-huh. It's almost like it's one of those things where I googled after I watched Eraserhead the first time. I googled Eraserhead and Thomas Ligotti, and I found a collection of horror fiction based on the works of David Lynch, where the primary author is Ligotti. It's like one of those yeah. things, you know. It just makes oh, so much cool. sense. Um, yeah. But like the thing that makes that reminds me of him, and also just one of the reasons I like Eraserhead so much, is because. The way, and and this goes to what you were saying about human life just being disgusting, the way that Lynch portrays his whole world, like, there is no antagonist in the film. The antagonist is the world itself. Like, the world is the antagonist. It's this vibe of just constant droning, dog barking, ambient, like, nerve-wracking noise, all this stuff. And the fact that through the whole thing, Henry has this look on his face like he's worried and concerned <laughs> and sad. Yes. Um, it, oh, the whole the whole movie. The whole movie. And the, 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 the girlfriend is crying in almost every scene. She just can't take it. There's just this constant... It's just everything is off. 
You know, it mm-hmm. would just be better if this world were not happening. Um, and yeah. that to me is like one of my favorite types of horror. Um, yeah. And and to the extent that this movie plays with horror tropes um those are the ones i love the, the this world is just not great in general right you know um, yeah and i think that's i think that's powerful stuff and i think it's uh it plays to my aesthetic i like it a lot so yeah um, no and th- that that makes a lot of sense to me yeah i i i i'm not sure that eraser head the aesthetic of eraser head is as me as it is you sure yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah eraser head is not my favorite david lynch movie gotcha yeah you know i i prefer mulholland drive gotcha um in a sense that like i think that makes perfect sense yeah all yeah. of the things that uh, those two movies kind of do the same thing in a lot of ways yeah right yeah yeah um but Eraserhead is 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 a, his approach was a very kind of specific visual kind of genre. Yeah, in the sense that like there was there's something about watching Eraserhead that reminded me of like uh like if Tim Burton like never worked with Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, for it, sure. You know, it's like yeah, it's it's like it's like the industrial. Yeah. It's like it's like <laughs> put Tim Burton in this industrial soulless vacuum, yes. and that's and you get a racer. Yeah, maybe, well, and, and if that makes sense, it does all. absolutely. And and I think part of the reason that that is is because and part of it is the industrial thing, but like um uh part of it is I think the influence of the visual language of like German expressionist film. Like yeah. you can clearly tell, and also noir, because both of those mm-hmm. are bl- about sort of black and white, high dichotomy, high contrast, blacks and whites, um, and how yeah. those things contrast off one another, off one another visually on the frame. And like Burton loves that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a weird yeah. hyper-realistic thing where you have high contrast between blacks and whites on the uh, color spectrum. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the correct language, but you know, um, yeah. dark darks and light lights in the in the picture, yeah. um, high high contrast, high contrast picture. Yeah, exactly. And so I think I think just from the sort of visual language of it, that plus the the surrealist and the fact that it plays with horror tropes in terms of having creatures and yeah. gore a little bit and stuff like that yeah. makes it so Burtony. Yeah, yeah, and and so I say that to say, mm-hmm. um. Eraserhead was not my first David Lynch. The, wasn't the first David Lynch movie I've seen. Obviously, I yeah. only watched it for the first time really recently. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that after that that movie, he he goes on to create several more movies that like tonally mm-hmm. are companion pieces to that movie, yeah. but visually aren't. Yeah. Um. He hasn't made another thing that feels like Eraserhead, other than some short films. Yeah. Um, his feature, his features, his show that, like you know, Twin Peaks. Like yeah. again, like the surrealism is in all of the stuff he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it carries over very well. Um, is it is it fair but, to say that he relies on it less as he goes on? Do you know what I mean? Is is re- relies on the surrealism yeah. less? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It becomes um, more I, narratively I, understandable, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the the biggest thing is just like he didn't do this. Like Tim Burton, like his visual aesthetic is all over yeah. everything he's done since right. his first thing. Right. And you know, David Lynch made this movie, and uh-huh. then you don't really see that 
yeah. in that way again, That's other than point. maybe in Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Dune might have some some weird kind of grotesque uh, yeah. similarities, I seen which Dune, Dune was my first, it was my first David Lynch movie. Yeah. And it's like huh. the only movie he's ever made that he's border, you know, yeah. almost disowned. He's like, yeah. that wasn't really my movie. Sure. You know, because sure. it's like, of course, of course, like, of course you shouldn't have made yeah. Dune. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, well, do you want to, do you have other thoughts that you want to get to right now? Do you want to take a quick break and then um, come back and talk other, other points? I have a lot, so whatever, okay, whatever cool. you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take a quick break. Yeah, let's take a break. All right, cool. Everybody, check this ad break out and see what's up. And come right back. We'll talk more about Eraserhead. It's dope. That's dope. Waylon agrees. Hey, sugar. I'm Erica Michelle. I host a voice diary called Brown Sugar Diaries on the Rock Kitty Network, where I spill all the tea about my daily experiences, life lessons, my journey to healing and wholeness, my life as an entrepreneur, student doctor, CEO of a nonprofit, and I give my opinion on the current happenings of the world. You see why I have this voice diary? I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Tune into Brown Sugar Diaries wherever you listen to podcasts, and let's sip on this tea or wine. You'll cup your business, sugar, okay? And we back. So we're back. Um, okay, here's one thing I want to talk about. Uh, and you can't talk about a racer head without talking about this. Let's talk about the baby. Let's talk about the baby. Let's talk about the baby. Um, what the hell was that thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah. From a from a grounded perspective, mm-hmm. it was. What it feels like to have this little alien thing Good. in your house now, you, you know, it's 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 I, I you know I've, yeah go ahead. Uh, I've I've heard this a lot from like different people who have had kids yeah. or you know or even you know or even like I don't know in, in movies and stuff that that are yeah. kind of more just kind of straightforward. It's like yeah. this thing is your spawn yeah. and it came from you, but it's a complete stranger that's now in your life forever oh god and it's always like excreting things and making noise and and demanding and it's just just it's and it's there and it's completely your responsibility oh my god yeah um um that well that's why i don't have kids um yeah does uh so so one thing a fact that i learned in researching for this that made me incredibly uncomfortable but that some people have pointed to in talking about this film is the fact that david lynch's daughter was apparently born with incredibly severe club feet um and had to have like multiple extensive surgeries regarding it um oh that's interesting yeah and so it's like one of those things where the film is is generally read as being so autobiographical that people have like drawn drawn that parallel and said you know this could also be about sort of like um you know health difficulties in terms of morphology when you know a child is young or something like that um but yeah i mean that that thing is you know that line that the that the girlfriend throws off in at the dinner scene, which is just like they're not even sure it is a baby. Like, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so off-putting. Um, what, another thing about the baby that I'll say before we get off the subject of the baby is, uh, it's my understanding that Lynch will not tell what the visual effect was created with, like what um, 
what sure. substance or material he used to create the visual effects. Um, I even found one quote that said he suggested that uh, whatever it was that he used to create the baby was, quote, born nearby. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which makes it sound like it was, you know, yeah. organic tissue that he was using. Some people. So yeah. that was, yeah, that was going to be my something I was going to bring up. Yeah, is yeah. that Again, this movie was made over a period of, of some time sure. for like ten thousand dollars, maybe. Who knows if, you, if that's even accurate, <laughs> yeah. or or how much of that is actually just the film, like how much it cost to like, yeah, to purchase the film, rent the camera, and get it developed. That's right. probably ten thousand dollars right yeah. there for a feature. Movie, you know, yeah. Um, hold on, you're gone. Damn it! If you can hear me, I can't hear you. And you, you dropped gone, out. And you gone. And you gone. And you gone. Eh, hell. Check, 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 check. Where go? Oh, you there? Yeah, you you went away. Oh, you went away too. All right. Well, I guess oh. I guess let's jump back in. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, ten thousand dollars, not. Not that much money. Yeah. And when you're watching this movie, like part of it, like the fact you can get away with more in black and white. Yeah. Um, I think it's harder to light a black and white movie uh-huh. because like, you know, different colors, you know, you can perceive contrast with color yeah. through color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you like one color versus another color could show you contrast. Yeah. But if you flip it over to black <clears throat> and white, yeah. it's too too Two poles. similar grays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So it's just a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. So I do think that probably vi- in visual effects wise, like black and white's probably doing this movie a lot of favors. Absolutely. That being said, the the textures, just this baby does not seem like a little silicone no, mold. It doesn't. Right? Yeah. Um. Especially the neck, the way the neck moves, mm-hmm. um, it feels very like fragile and delicate yeah. always. Yes. Like to where, even before he cuts open the bandaging of the body, yeah, you feel like it would the the ba- the if you took that off, the baby would just spill out. Yes. Right, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah. feels like. Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, and then and when it turns that out happens, to be, yeah, it turns out to be yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens, like whatever's inside of that, like that looks like, uh-huh. that looks like pig innards that's, or something yeah that's right? real organs to some extent yeah um, of and, then some he, type. and he cuts it open and stabs it and it's like yeah. just and super then it, gross and then it spurts out like essentially grits or oatmeal something looking like that it yeah. reminded me of the end of the evil dead uh very much um yeah with all that stuff and then it becomes and huge the, for some reason it's just very very yeah. strange and the evil dead yeah. had it been shot in black and white would have been a lot gnarlier you are less absolutely correct yeah yeah that's very true yeah um yeah, so so he won't say what it's made of. Some people have suggested that it was like a lamb fetus or a skinned rabbit or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't tell people either. But at the same time, it, like part of it is like um, he doesn't want this to be like a, a, a what's the movie? It's not Hannibal Holocaust, is it? That Cannibal has, Holocaust? Can, yeah, Hannibal. Hannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> like it, the the. Is that the movie um, with all the yeah. animal cruelty where they actually kill animals? Yeah, they actually on... kill a chicken at some point, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's like, um, yeah, come on, don't don't be doing that. Yeah, I mean, so, so part part of yeah. it's like, does he does he want to like dodge that type of thing? Sure. But I'm like, 
because it's David Lynch, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's just the the mystery of like absolutely. If I tell you what this thing's made out of, then yep. you'll say, "Oh, that's this." Oh, that's instead this. of yes, exactly. This is some sort of this is a piece of art that you're seeing. This is his thing, right? He wants to create a barrier between the audience and full understanding. Yeah, uh, and I think that's I think that's a huge part of what he's doing in all of his work, but in this work as well. Yeah. Um, with that, let me well let me. Uh, do you have anything else about the baby? Because uh, I don't think so. I have a leading question that I was going to ask you. Um, okay, do you think this movie would stick with you as much emotionally if its meaning were clearer, or is part of the reason that the movie so effective that you only get a sense of like general themes and you don't get like prom- precise meaning across the board do you know uh, what I mean? yeah no no i think i think i don't think so i mean yeah. i i think knowing the exact intent of what he was trying to show you yeah. is uh does not leave you pondering and guessing or, or trying to understand the thing you just saw yeah or getting behind why did why did <laughs> this woman stepping on these things affect me in that way yeah because um, he's more interested in under he's probably more interested to know why that affects you yeah. than at, than what he his intent was yes. right yes yeah um, no I think you're right uh, I watched a clip and you you've probably come across this because you've engaged with Lynch outside of his work more than I have but like I came across a clip um, his his one of his famous quotes about this film is he says uh, people never understand when I say this but Eraserhead is my most spiritual film. Um, and then there, there was one interview where he said something like that. He said, actually, Eraserhead's my most spiritual film. And then the interviewer says, oh, elaborate on that. And he goes, no. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yes. a great clip. Um, God, I love it. It's and so that, good. He's, yeah, he's known for just saying no, nope. no elaborations. Nope, not elaborating. Um, and actually, the first time I saw that clip, my first thought was, it's this funny feeling of like, oh, is David Lynch just like is he not a genius? Yeah. Is he just kind of, of a fraud, right? Is he yes. just like And there and there was another moment in this masterclass where he's telling the story the story about this image in Twin Peaks. I think it was probably in the first season. Mm-hmm. It was in it was in a bedroom mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it in so long that I can't even remember yeah. the scene, but I think it's a woman in a bedroom and then she, she sees this man at the foot of her bed, and it's and it's yeah. and it feels weird and yeah and, and yeah yeah uh, off putting and just like uh who is this man? Um, and he says the way he came up with that was they were setting up for the bedroom shot, and one of the key grips yeah was standing in such a way <laughs> in front of the bed that he thought yeah. oh that's that evoked something in me seeing him standing like uh-huh. that. We're gonna shoot that next. So yeah. it's just yeah because it made him feel something. Now it's part of the narrative, which is yeah, just moment to moment feelings. You know, the human brain's the human brain is gonna make a connection between good yeah. You know, this woman with the cheeks stomping on these things yep. and the same things that are coming out of the dude's mouth, yep. and it kind of feels like this weird. You know the he's got this baby and it kind of feels like weird, like giant, like alien sperm things. And like, you're going to put, you're going to, you know, connect the dots in some way, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless if it actually means anything. Dude. And a lot of the time, I don't know that he thinks it necessarily means anything. No. It just, 
makes him feel something. Dude, and and I think what, like what you just said is dancing enough around my general thesis for this film that I'm just going to go ahead and say it. So like okay. my general takeaway from for Eraserhead is that the strength of the movie uh, aside from vibe, like I love the vibe, I love everything, you know, um, sort of visually and all this kind of stuff. But the strength of the movie, and this cuts for David Lynch uh, mostly across the board, is that the strength of it is that it makes it the film makes it very likely that you will want that the audience will want to dissect it for shades of meaning and levels of meaning after watching it. You know, yeah. um, I think I think what. And like what it ultimately serves to do is to make audiences reflect on what art even is in general. Um, the notion of like how much because he doesn't offer you clear explanations for connections, but you are going to make those connections. Like you were just yeah. saying, like mm-hmm. the audience is going to make connections and yeah. the, the, the tendency of the human mind to make connections, even when there just aren't connections there to be made is something yeah. that Lynch's art just hinges on. And, yeah. and so I think the reason that that, causes at least me to reflect on what art is and how it works is the notion of like is this the same thing that i'm doing when i watch like if i watch an adam sandler movie right i go and watch billy madison is that the same thing like i am projecting meaning onto this movie it's just that the adam sandler movie doesn't show that to me it doesn't i don't notice that i'm doing that when i watch the adam sandler movie when i watch lynch he shows me that he's like look there don't have to be connections you're making the connections you know that kind of thing um and i think that's absolutely brilliant and it's also one of those things where it's like i mean your your question is a good one which is like is he not a genius you know what i mean yeah it's it's like yeah. What I've what I've come to is that he's not a genius in the in the sense that I thought he was. Okay. Uh-huh. He's a genius in another way. Okay. I, I I don't think he's a genius storyteller. Interesting. I think he's a genius art a visual artist. Yes. Yes. Um I I think I I don't think that his narrative is important at all in yeah. his movies. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. We'll have uh, to do. I I, I would ch- I would not challenge that point, but I would push you sure. on that point a little bit in terms of like, for example, Mulholland Drive. But I don't want to do that on this episode because I think it deserves its own space. <laughs> but, sure. Yeah. Um, okay. But we we'll uh, need to do Mulholland Drive. We and do. I yeah. don't know that. I don't know how. I don't know if I'm not going to die on that hill. No. Um, sure. 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 You know. But um. um yeah. Yeah. But I, and I think it, I guess yeah. what I think of as. <laughs> And it's and it's really just my brain trying to put a box around kind of what I'm seeing, yeah, right? It's like, of course, um, from a, a traditional filmmaking sense, you mm-hmm. know, like you you feel like you have this this person who's pulling all the strings and has this this thing in his head from the beginning, and he knows what this is and what the and it's like, yeah. I feel like his genius is that he's embracing that he doesn't know any of the pieces and how they fit together other <laughs> yeah. than yeah. other than like I feel like a, a narrative genius would just know it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. I think he doesn't know it and in that sense it's genius, right? Yes. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I think that makes, sense. That makes and, sense. And 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 part of what he's doing is he's trusting his audience to do the work for him. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, he's putting forth impressionistic representations that are weird and don't connect and all that stuff. And he's going, no, no, the audience will take care of it. They'll, yeah. they'll do it. Um, they'll do the work of meaning making, which yeah. once again, I think, you know, it's not that every artist can do this, but doing that is a very coherent and very purposeful and interesting sort of, I mean, he's all like, I can't read his work as anything other than like philosophy, which is just my, you know, yeah, my general slant of my brain. But it's like one of those things where he is asking questions about what it means to even tell a story or make art in any way. Yeah, like he yeah. is exploring these things of like, no, 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 you are doing it. It's not about the author's intentions, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and and I heard him say something about like, um, in in a quote about Eraserhead, he was talking about like someone asked him. I didn't hear the the question, but I heard his response. Someone asked him something about what something in Eraserhead means, and he was like, "You already know what it means." He's like, "Me telling you, you know, me saying something about it is not going to change anything. You already know. You've seen it. You know what it means." And he said something about like that allows you to have this inner knowingness where you already know what it means for yeah. you. And he said, and for you, that's valid. Um, yeah. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you do have to sort of, it's almost like this Buddhist thing where you like, you have to learn to stop trying to get the meaning of it in order yeah. to, you know what I mean? And, and I, I feel like, uh, especially narrative mediums right now with like, yeah. you know, cinematic universes where right. this, this guy from this movie is going to appear in this, but like, yeah. you have to know exactly why everything's there. Yes. What means what, yeah. Um, and, he, and even from a writing standpoint, as a writer, like I've been trained to like not include anything in a story yeah. that doesn't have some sort of that shouldn't that that you know is out of place or whatever. You know, it's it's the opposite of what David Lynch does. Yeah. It's it's you know if if you set something up, you should see it two more times, yeah. right? You yeah, should yeah, you yeah. should set something up, uh-huh. remind an audience, and then pay it off. Yeah. And I don't think he's interested in that. No, he doesn't. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, it, and, and I think that goes back to I think that goes back really nicely to what you were talking about about his initial interest in filmmaking, which is that his mindset and his goal is, or his goals are those of a visual artist. They're not those of a filmmaker necessarily. Um, yeah, he he is sort of it's it's kind of like which is interesting also because of my uh, discussion of Ligotti, where it's like it feels like when you're reading Ligotti or when you're watching you know Eraserhead. It feels like you are experiencing something that would be you would expect to be presented in a different artistic medium, but it's like been yeah. translated into film sure. or with Ligotti like narrative or something. Yeah. Um, and, and it, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's probably a portion of I, I, I think that sense of David Lynch has always been there. Yeah, I think in his first feature, it's very strong. Yeah, yeah, and I th- and I feel like in his his. Late, like later work, more recent work. Yeah, it's it's definitely strong too. But I do mm-hmm. feel like there was probably a period in the '90s where he was making pictures. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you watch him yeah. in interviews or if you watch him on set, like he's making the movies. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. like this mm-hmm. romanticized version of like <laughs> yeah. David Lynch and his and hit with his his megaphone. Yes, and his Wayfair glasses, smoking a cigarette. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I I I think. It's also important not to, you know, to make sure to continue to also humanize him in a way of that, course. like, yeah. you know, he's, 
you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're you're absolutely right and there's a lot you could you could say about David Lynch as a sort of uh as as you were saying someone who makes the pictures right someone from LA um yeah. it's very you know that ties in with Mulholland Drive and the sort of mm-hmm. sort of glamorized His LA of, trilogy yeah. he's got Mulholland right, right, Drive right. and uh yeah Lost Highway and Inland Empire yeah. I think are those is that uh, his or is it I think Blue Velvet I can't remember I can't which. remember which one it is but um, he has an LA yeah. trilogy yeah that's mm-hmm. like yeah you know so it's important to do that and it's also important I think to humanize him in terms of like you know what what I see from him sort of it's gonna get nerdy but what I see from yeah. him sort of philosophically is it's like a magic trick Right, I mean, mm-hmm. the no, the the thing that he is doing is he's deflecting questions about meaning, um, in such a way that it allows you, the viewer, the audience, to infer that meaning or to create it for yourself. And the minute he stops doing that sort of, it, I mean, that's a sleight of hand, you know? Yeah, there is mm-hmm. no meaning there. You've seen a racer head, yeah. you know what it is. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but what does it mean? You want something beyond that, and that's the yeah. magic trick of David Lynch. Which is exactly. he he makes you think no 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 this is about something else and then you plug in all those yeah. variables in ways yeah, that you know you know when yeah. I'm watching Eraserhead yeah. at this point yeah. at, in in my uh, you know analyzing movies like I'm yeah. I'm not watching it and thinking what does he mean I'm mm-hmm. like oh I get I get it yeah I get sure what this is for me yes like I'm not asking I wonder what he you know I'm like yeah. But that's also for me, like kind of hearing David Lynch talk yeah. about the movies. I'm like, first, I'm like, I don't know that he necessarily even mean like you know, I don't know that he has a very clear intention yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm going to watch it in a sense that's very much just let this thing wash over me and try and think about what it makes me feel when I'm seeing the thing. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and, and to some extent, I mean, this, you know, um, I could go so nerdy on this. To some extent, that ties back into the meaning of this particular film, Eraserhead, which is the notion of like, it's kind of about meaningless and meaninglessness in general. Right? Um, right. It's kind of about the notion that like, yeah, kind of nothing means anything in this world. It's just bad. Yeah. You know, this, this is weird lamb uh, fetus that is, you know, howling when I'm trying to get some sleep, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so it's, you know, it's but at the same yeah. time, you have, you have this, this man who his, his wife basically walks out on him because yeah. she's tired. She's she doesn't want to, yeah. she doesn't want to do anything. I mean, she's going to her parents' house yeah. and he's stuck to try his hardest to, you know, nurse this yeah. kid, child thing back <laughs> yeah. to health yeah, yeah you know yeah. and mm-hmm. at the end it it doesn't end well yeah it doesn't end you well. know yeah exactly but his intention is very kind of noble yeah yeah um but he, he's also just feels kind of like a bystander in all of it like yeah. the guy that never asked for anything tries to do the right thing uh-huh. and fails yeah yeah um, <laughs> ends up killing this you know yeah yeah, like that's what the movie's about. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, it's among about other that. things. Why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's very good. One, uh, one other uh, quick thing. I know we're you know we're we're over an hour now, so whatever. But um, yeah, one of the, one of the points that I a quote from Lynch that I wanted to bring up that I thought was really good. Um, that is one of the reasons that I love this particular David Lynch film so much. Is he says, "quote Factories are what's beneath the surface. They are the unconscious in a way. Factories get me in my soul. I feel the universe in them." And so, like when I read that, I thought, you know, that's exactly um, how I understand his sort of this picture of this like very industrial, 
you know, mm-hmm. non-location. It's very much about factories. He works at a printing... Uh, I don't know if he says factory or not, but anyway. Yeah, he does. Okay. He works at a printing factory. Um, the, the, the father... Uh, you know, threw up, uh, installed all the pipes in the neighborhood and all this kind of stuff. And he said, Oh, that was something that I was going to mention. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I thought I wrote down the line, but I didn't just this, the, the, the one part where he just has this, he's like, he's like braced for the thing he's going to say about the things that he built. And yeah, I don't know. And then, Uh, and then a train is going by or some, some noise is happening while he's doing this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, who the the family dinner scene reminded me of Texas Chainsaw. Strangely enough, um, oh sure, gave me yeah. kind of a Texas because you have this like comatose grandma. Um, it's a very disgusting scene. You have the and and interestingly enough, you know he has the little chickens that he's going to cut. He's going to do the carving um, mm-hmm. since he's a guest, and then it starts bleeding. And the mother starts screaming and all this stuff. I didn't actually notice all the sort of themes about like birth and the birthing process during that scene on my first watch through. And then the second watch through, I'm like, oh, like, you know, it's once again, you can't ask those questions like, is this what he meant? But like at the same time, it's like, oh, that's an interesting connection, right? This sort of, you know, uh, gore coming out of the bottom of this chicken and then, and then you know, the mother freaking out about it, and then immediately after that needing to talk to Henry about, you know, this strange mm-hmm. thing that he's had. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, a weird. Weird thing. Weird. Yeah. In 2004, this uh, film was preserved by the National Film Registry through the Library of Congress, so it's a big deal. It's not... Good. It's not... Yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I figured that'd make you feel better. Um, yeah. Do you want to rate Eraserhead, or do you have any, any final thoughts about it? here's one of my notes yeah. um uh what does it mean lynch no because it doesn't matter you can't watch this movie and not have some visceral reaction with a feeling in the back of your mind saying oh this feels like x y or z mm. we just want to know but i don't think lynch even knows mm. yeah <laughs> that's that's that, that was a note so i mean that's basically what we've been ta- that, that yeah. was my last note so yeah yeah yeah. Um, or does he? And that's well, right. Yeah, of course. But I think. Do you think he relies on that? Like, or does he? Do you think he relies a little bit on like maybe there is something there, and if I could just find it, then it would be because there is a bad version of David Lynch, right? There is a, there yeah. is a shitty version of like no, no, no. This doesn't mean anything. But he, you know, as you said, it's not just nonsense. It's not just complete yeah. nonsense. There's a thread. There are general mm-hmm. themes, all this kind of stuff. He knows how to lure that response out of you that makes you feel like it is about something. Yeah, um, there, there's just something very grounded about his characters that yeah. they're very relatable, sure. right? Like there's a, a relatability, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like uh, Naomi Watts' character in Mulholland Drive. Mm-hmm. She's like chasing her dreams. You yeah. know, she's like, she, and yeah. you know, even Henry, he's just trying to kind of get by and mm-hmm. like, he's on vacation. He's, just, he's, <laughs> he's on, yeah, he's just a little surprised by what life actually yeah. kind of looks like. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, even like huh. Wild at Heart is my second favorite David Lynch movie. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know that it was crit- critically praised or anything, but it's just, it's, it's, it's absurd, fun, wild mm-hmm. rock and roll. Nick Cage being, oh, yeah, wild Nick Cage in a, you know, uh, a, a snakeskin jacket. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, as absurd as it is, it's still just like, you know, just, 
two kind of normal people that just want to be together and no yeah. one wants them to be together. It's like it's kind of like his version of Greece in a way. Yeah. That's just Sure. Just a lot more blood and a lot more <laughs> mothers who are hiring, you know, hit people and covering her face with lipstick yeah. and you know, Willem more. Dafoe with like little nubs of teeth and God. A lot more absurdity just, and it's strange. The 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 Wizard of Oz, like mm-hmm. witch floating, it's Wild at Heart is is wonderful. I need to see that. Actually, I haven't seen that film. Yeah, so uh, I'll let you borrow cool. my uh, copy. Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can even watch it digitally. Yeah. I was gonna say I think it's hard to find. Um, um, all right. Well, you want to uh, you want to jump in and, and rate Eraserhead? Yeah, let's do it. You um, uh, you want to jump in there first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go in there first. Yeah, go for and, it. Uh, I'm going to give it a high rating, but um, sure. not as just because it's not my f- yeah. aesthetically, it's not yeah. as me. Um, sure. I'm going to give it um, eight mm-hmm. answers to the question, what does it mean? So I'm okay. going to give it eight no's. <laughs> eight no's. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. It's so funny because, like, your, I feel like our responses to this are to some extent inverse. Um, yeah. I like this movie more than I like David Lynch in general, you know, like yeah. if that makes sense. I like David Lynch, like he's cool, you know. I've watched a bunch yeah. of Twin Peaks and I've seen Mulholland and I've seen Blue Velvet and I've seen all these things. Um, but it's like I like this movie more than I like the rest of what he's up to. I think, sure, um, and yeah. it's because it's it's good in terms of David Lynch and it's also just dead on my aesthetic. Yeah, um, and it, there's probably there's probably a purity to this movie that none yeah. of his like he probably wasn't yeah. allowed on these other movies yeah. either like from a, a financial standpoint or just from a standpoint of oh you have recognition now yeah you know now you're making the pictures <laughs> you know sure. you're in yeah. the picture business yeah of course um, um, so because of that because this is you know uh, it's it's I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies but it's like it's you know it's a contender um, yeah. I think the the aesthetics are really cool all the influences everything I'm gonna give it 9.5 out of 10 okay Pauls <laughs> I'm gonna give it 9.5 out of 10 that, good that's one of my that's, that's my favorite line in this whole movie yeah. is uh Paul just sitting there hitting that buzzer for like yeah. <laughs> an uncomfortable <laughs> amount of time and it's then the guy funny. comes in and puts his finger right in his face. Okay, okay Paul. Paul. It's uh, funny. Yeah, what a funny movie. It's very good. Yeah, um, I have to I, I I have to recommend like uh people to go check out David Lynch's YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like if if you haven't seen any David Lynch movies, think mm-hmm. about what we've been saying about yeah. Eraserhead and his 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 his, yeah. his his work in general. Yeah, and then just watch him talk as an old man every sure. morning the same way. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's an enigma. It's yeah. calm. It is calming. It's calming. It, yeah. Um, when he tells me to have a great day, I honestly for, forget for a moment about the state of the world and the nice. state of our country. And yeah, because seems it's very still right now. Yeah, is it it's still or is sti- it calm? It's, it's still remember. every day it's in still LA. Every very morning, still right now. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our Eraserhead episode. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Common Creators Podcast. Um, you can check us out 
either at Common Creators Podcast on Instagram or you can email us with your suggestions for future episodes at commoncreativespodcast at gmail.com. We're a dual production of Rock Candy uh, Podcast Network and that's you can find that on rockcandyrecordings.com. We are also a production of the Destination Nation Network in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. You can find that at destinationcomics.com for all your uh, kick-ass podcast and comics needs. Um, so I would say in terms of having just the best hairdo ever and stomping on sperm and uh, the the weirdest opening sex scene that I've ever seen in a movie um, and uh, you know just nihilism and uh, industrial hellscapes and also kind of weirdly being kind of funny and you know you just you cut it like regular chickens uh, would you say that you concur Joseph. Beautiful evening here in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> yes. It's it's a little cloudy, 59 degrees Fahrenheit. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I, 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 100%. I just want you I to agree. keep doing that forever. All right. Um, all right. Well, thanks Today for listening. Today I was thinking about, I was thinking about the, uh, the apple <laughs> and how delicious this apple is that just came from a tree and what a gift that is it's gonna be getting a little cooler 59 <laughs> all right have See a you. great day thank you for listening dnn for more shows like this one visit rockcandyrecordings.com